Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Getting your weekend sports talk fix here with the Dopey Millennial Show. My ears are bleeding. From Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Radio 99 The Game and the Odyssey app. It is the Dopey Millennial Show. Caleb Johnson here with you for one final hour. You know, Dom, this has me thinking. Have you seen any of the clips of the Drake and J. Cole, this duo tour that they're doing? No, uh, I haven't, actually. Okay, so opened, I believe, in Tampa. Tampa is the videos that I've been seeing. And the thing that I kept hearing about and felt better about because I didn't spend my hard-earned money on was that, like, Drake concerts are terrible. Like, apparently, he kind of walks around fixing his earpiece the whole time. Yeah, he's and, he's not a performer. Yeah, and, like, changes the the melody of songs and, and makes it to where people can't sing along. I don't know. I saw the start of the... Uh, um, I, for, I forget what they're calling the tour, but it's the song that, that J. Cole and Drake have together. Um, that it looks really entertaining. Yeah. Like, it looks like... <laughs> it, I mean, J. Cole, I, I, I think, is an entertainer. Um, right. He's actually one of the few that, like, I haven't seen live. Um, okay. That just for whatever reason, stuff always comes up. We've had this conversation before in yeah. the past of, like, you know, what have you... What small thing have you let kind of prevent you <laughs> from going to see an artist you really wanted to see. Yeah. J. Cole is on the list of, like, I need to see him before mm-hmm. I die Yeah, uh, kind of thing, um, just based on the artists that I've missed in the past. But, um, yeah, no, the beginning of that tour just looks like they're having a lot of fun. It looks like it would have been fun for fans. I don't know if that was just a clip uh, or not, but, uh, yeah, no, it just it makes me kind of have a little bit of FOMO. And they're they're going to, like, a bunch of cities that they missed out on on mm-hmm. Drake's tour. So they're not coming to Atlanta with this one. Boo. So, yeah, that kind of – it was anywhere that I wanted to go see them, I would have had to drive. And then I think the closest – I think they're coming to Birmingham, but it's just Drake, not J. Cole. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. If it's Cole, a joint, like, you're not at least going to go to Charlotte and do something? <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's weird. But, I mean, they've got their schedules or whatever. Um, all right, we have gotten our schedule figured out a little bit here on the Dopey Millennial Show. Uh, had a few technical difficulties. Shout out, Engineer Steve. 
who's come in? Scott. Scott? Yes, Scott. <laughs> that is my bad. I'm going to get Scott's name correct because Scott came in here, made the magic happen, and the phone lines are now back up. So, in about 17 minutes from now, uh, Jason Longshore, uh, Atlanta United analyst as well as host of Atlanta Soccer Tonight. He'll be doing that tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a busy day for Jason because I'm pretty sure like everyone's going to want to talk to him based on some really exciting news that has happened in Atlanta today. So Jason will be joining us in about 17 minutes from now um, to talk Atlanta United yesterday as they had another friendly uh, against uh, Memphis. And then the big news that is happening in Atlanta. And, well, I'll stop messing around. We'll get into all the leftover headlines of the day that we we didn't get into earlier. It's the leftovers of the rest of the story. Now, 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 the rest of the story. All right, you might ask, Caleb, what is that big news of the day happening for the city of Atlanta? Well, in the year 2026, it's going to be a big one, an exciting one, as the World Cup comes to the United States. Now, uh, obviously, uh, they spread this out over a number of cities, and Atlanta found out today their fate in hosting at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So Atlanta is going to get five group stage matches. They're going to get one round of 32 match, one round of 16 match, and a semifinal match. So that's a total of eight World Cup matches that are going to get played in the city of Atlanta. It's going to be an exciting place. Um, I think people have a really hard time coming to terms with how all of this is going to really change the city because it's like, okay, you know, for, for a lot of us, I'll be honest, um, this is not everyone. I'm not grouping everyone in the same place, but there are a lot of us who are kind of like, all right, well, I've never seen a World Cup in person. I've never been a part of it. I am not the biggest soccer fan just in general. So is this really going to, you know, impact my life in the city that much. I'm telling you, from what I have seen with my own eyes in previous uh, uh, countries that have hosted the World Cup, it is a big deal. It is a big takeover. It is a big time for tourism. Um, It is likened to the Olympics, which obviously the city hosted in 1996. And uh, I have, for whatever reason, just picked that in my life to be super obsessed with. And like all of the Olympic gear that I can find. Uh, And so I'm excited for, and whoever is the sponsoring uh, um, manufacturer attached to it, better do a good job with some World Cup gear. I don't know if it's Nike. I don't know if it's Adidas. I'm sure it's not Under Armour. I'm trying to think of who else could be on that list. Puma? 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 Okay, Puma doesn't mess around. I have been a fan of uh, some of the new sneakers they brought back, not not Mellows, not Lamellos. No, is, not a fan of the Mellows. No. I mean, I like the sneaker silhouette, but the colors are just awful. Throw you you know, that's, I'm sorry, I'm going to sidetrack myself, but it's fine because I went to watch, because uh, I decided this week I was going to watch like the Legends warm up. Um, and so uh, I caught like the very end of LeBron James warming up this week because he started at like nearly five o'clock 
Uh, dude was warming up like two and a half hours before game started. It was weird. Um, so I saw a little bit of LeBron, saw KD warm up, saw Steph warm up. And Steph warming up is an absolute spectacle. It's a lot of fun, really entertaining. However, the man's sneakers are ugly. And it's not as much to do with the actual sneaker itself and the silhouette. It is the fact that they're purple and black, but like not a good purple either. It's a, I'd call it a slimy purple. Like who, who is the, uh, they, they have the Hamburglar yeah. with McDonald's. Who is the purple? Oh, you're talking about Grimace. Grimace. Yes. It's like Grimace's color and black you know, and then orange. Can we, can we have, can we have a full dopey millennial moment right now? Let's do you it. know what it reminded me of? Do you remember Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers and like his, the ooze that he had? Wow. Yes. yes. That's what it reminded me of. You just <laughs> took me back. Yes. To Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I might watch that movie tonight now, actually. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is, that is perfect. But just this awful purple and black and, um, and orange is just in- incredibly strange. And, I mean, I hope Under Armour is happy because he's got to be the only thing keeping them alive. But those sneakers are just awful and ugly. Uh, but getting back to whoever is handling the World Cup, um, the, the T-shirts, the jackets, the hoodies, the sweatshirts, all of that, don't mess it up. Don't mess up the logo stuff because I want something that I can wear for years like I have done with my Olympic gear, because I'm very excited for that. Now, speaking of, in about 11 minutes from now, we're going to talk to Jason Longshore um, about this announcement, as well as Atlanta United, uh, who played in a 1-1 draw with Memphis, the Memphis 901s. Um, is it? Did I say that right? Yeah, it, Memphis yeah. 901 FC, however you yeah. want to say it. Memphis, yeah. Memphis 901, 901 FC. Okay, I was calling them the 901s. Uh, zip code, or, or not, not zip code, area code. <laughs> that's how that's how old I am. I don't I don't worry about area codes anymore. Um, it's funny too, because like previous generation, they were like, "What's an area code?" You know, they just dialed the what five digits or whatever. Uh, anyways, I'm getting really sidetracked in this. This is the leftovers, though. The leftover story headlines we didn't get into earlier in the show, or news that happened over the course of the show, which is the next couple of things I've got. Um, the Washington Commanders have officially hired Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. Now, of course, we found out uh, earlier in the week that Dan Quinn is headed out that way to be the head coach of the Washington Commanders. Now, it's interesting to point out, Cliff Kingsbury coached Caleb Williams last year, offensive coordinator at USC. Then... Worth noting, Caleb Williams also went to high school in D.C. So, strong connections because Kingsbury went and was in talks with the uh, Chicago Bears about their offensive coordinator position. Ended up not happening. Obviously, it was a little little sketchy situation that happened in Las Vegas where apparently there was a hang-up over a contract issue. Um, and so... Head coach Antonio Pierce and that front office out there in Vegas and Kingsbury decided to just, we'll, we'll go our separate ways. We'll figure something else out. Uh, and so now Cliff Kingsbury goes to Washington. Where is he going to coach Caleb Williams? Or is he going to go out to Washington 
and then get to coach um, Drake May, who I would assume would be number two, wanting to, depending on what Chicago does at number one. Or does Washington trade up from two to one and make sure they get their guy? I'm sure Chicago would be very happy for any kind of, you know, deal to make that work. Although I'm sure they would love someone to go from a little further up so they could get like maybe eight so that they could get some bigger draft capital. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with that situation. Uh, also, I'm very curious. I haven't heard Eric Bieniemy's name attached to anywhere. Huh. Very curious to see where Bieniemy ends up landing. I. It only makes sense that he goes to Vegas now, since that feels like the only spot that really is still looking for an offer. I thought Vegas hired somebody. Or no, because I know Cliff Kingsbury was going to be their guy, and then he yeah. dropped out. Did they replace? Did they replace that? I already? thought. Okay, I just saw someone's name. Um, okay, because I, I, I could have missed that. Okay, it was the the Bears' old offensive coordinator, Luke Getzey. I'm. Look, I'm I'm going to do the very unprofessional thing right now. And Google this live <laughs> on air, but I was pretty yeah, no, this, sure this is not good radio. But that's that's because Luke Getzey yeah. was not very like as someone who obviously ha- having my Chicago ties, I Pittsburgh Steelers fan first, but I care about the Bears. I, I can tell you right now, Luke Getzey was fired for a very good reason. One hour ago, Luke Getzey expected to sign as next Raiders offensive coordinator. Wow! Right? Oh, right? Wow, that's unfortunate. <laughs> not my team. Don't have to worry about it. It's not my team. Right. My team's got Zach Robinson, <laughs> the, the new hotshot. My team has Arthur Smith. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad. You know, that's just that's just my opinion. All right. Continuing in uh, the leftovers, all the leftover headlines we didn't get into earlier in the show. The Falcons named some more of their coaches. Speaking of Arthur Smith, uh, now that Raheem Morris has taken over. Um, you know what I like hearing? Just... The number of coaches that it feels like every day it's like, oh, Raheem's hired three new coaches. Raheem's hired five new coaches. And it's like, this is about to be a a big staff. And you know what the complaint was from a lot of fans last year? Why don't we have a quarterback coach? You know, it's the NFL. You got a big budget and you don't have a quarterback coach. What's up with that? Obviously, that's not the case now as TJ Yates slid over and is now going to be the uh, quarterback coach for the Falcons this year. Uh, moving over from wide receivers coach. So a lot of bases have been covered. However, uh, Tim Burnabich, per, excuse me, Burnbit, Burn Benich, Burn Benich. Got my hand on the dot. I was if just I need about it. to say, Dom, you <laughs> might need to be a little trigger happy right now. Tim Burn Benich is going to be the uh, passing game specialist, game management. KJ Black is going to be an offensive assistant. Justin Hood to be secondary coach. Uh, Lance Schulters is a defensive assistant. John Timu, defensive assistant. And Ken Zampese is a senior offensive assistant. So some new uh, coaches joining Raheem Morris on his staff that already has, of course, Zach Robinson and Jimmy Lake as offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Okay, when we get back, we mentioned it earlier. Big announcement for the city of Atlanta in 2026 as the World Cup is going to have eight matches played here in Atlanta. Break it all down along with some Atlanta United news and their match yesterday in a, another friendly preseason game is uh, is going to be our buddy Jason Longshore coming up next right here on the Dopey Millennial Show, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back to the latest weekend sports talk with the Dopey Millennials Show. Dump the old ish, upgrade to the new. From Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Radio, 99 The Game, and the Odyssey app. It is the Dopey Millennial Show. Caleb Johnson here with you for just a couple more segments. And uh, really thankful that Jason Longshore has has dealt with the, the weird phone issues that we had tonight that uh, Engineer Scott thankfully fixed for us during the course of the show. And uh, Jason was awesome enough to let us push things around and make a little... Uh, Move here or there, and uh, we're going to go out to the waitfor.com hotline and talk with Jason Longshore, of course, our Atlanta United analyst, and uh, you can follow Jason on Twitter, at Longshoe. Jason, how you doing, man? Doing well. Glad the phones are up. Yeah. Oh, trust trust me. I am very glad as well. As, uh, you know, It leads to a little bit of an awkward uh, situation when you go and expect you're having a guest and as you're going on air, it's like, oh, no, we're just going to have to fill. And uh, so Dom's been great. And like I said, engineer uh, Scott getting that fixed for us was was uh, very important. All right, Jason, it's a, a big day in Atlanta. I've talked about it a couple of times over the course of my show. I think, though, I have a little bit of difficulty partially because I am a millennial and that when uh, – you know, when the Olympics came in 96, I was two. Um, I don't know a world of a World Cup in the United States. And so for obviously the, the selection to, to pick the United States in the first place is a big deal uh, for 2026. Uh, but, Jason, when we learned today that Atlanta United is going to have eight different games in the city, uh, including a semifinal match, uh, can you just kind of put into terms what that means for for the city as a whole? 
It's so incredibly big for the city and the region. I mean, for that matter, if you want to take it further, but you know, I grew up here. I fell in love with sports here. And I mean, this is a sports thing. This is not, you know, for people who, you know, haven't gotten into soccer, you know, keep up with what's going on with Atlanta United, but maybe aren't the, the diehards. This is like the Olympics. This is like having multiple Super Bowls in a month's time. This is the biggest worldwide sporting event, period. It, it's bigger than the Olympics. More people watch it than the Olympics. I, I can't remember all the different events that were combined to match how many people watch the World Cup every four years. It's the global game. It's it's going to bring people from all over the world here to Atlanta for those games. And it will be a transformational event, not purely from a soccer perspective, although it will. It, it will definitely change the soccer landscape in Atlanta and, and beyond. But it will change Atlanta in a very good way because that's what the Olympics did. That's what, you know, on a smaller scale than the Olympics, having all of these events that Atlanta has been, you know, lucky to host over the years, Super Bowls, national championship games, Final Fours, all of these things help the city grow. But an Olympics puts it on a different map. The World Cup puts it on an even different map. You're going to have people all over the world who will know Atlanta. Maybe they didn't before. Maybe they, they might have known something about the music or something about Atlanta. Maybe they hadn't even heard of the city. And now this is going to be one of those cities in the world that has hosted an Olympics and that's hosted a World Cup semifinal. And there's not many cities in the world that have hosted World Cup semifinals. Outside of getting the final, that is – one of the biggest sporting events that you will find when it happens. It's, a, it's an amazing thing for the city and to have everybody at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and, and everyone involved in, in a bid. I mean, you're talking about the Atlanta Sports Council. You're talking about sponsors. You're talking about AMB, SE, Arthur Blank, obviously Atlanta United, um, you know, the city, the, the county, the state. I mean, you can keep going to all the different sure. things that have to come into play to get something like this done. It, it hit me. I mean, it was emotional a little bit. And even I, I thought we'd get a semifinal. And maybe I was a little bit of a homer in doing that. But I thought having a roof, having the venue that we have at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, one of the great stadiums in the world, I thought we'd get a semifinal. I liked our chances. But when they actually put it up on the screen, yeah, it, it hit me. You know, I, I kind of flashed back to uh, being a kid and – the first soccer event that I remember was a World Cup semifinal in 1986, and that game changed my life. So I hope that this game will change people's lives all over Atlanta and beyond. I think it's going to have that kind of power. Jason, uh, when it comes to, because obviously you're talking there about getting the semifinal game, is Atlanta will host five group stage matches, one round of 32, one round of 16, and then the semifinal. Um, in comparison to how this could have gone for Atlanta and, and how the selection committee decided cities and that sort of thing, um, like how how ideal is this? Like is this as, as pretty much as good as it could have gotten uh, for how Atlanta was selected as a city? Yeah, it is the really the, the pinnacle of what we were in play for. The size of the stadium 
took Atlanta out of the running to have the final. Um, I, I think it would have been in the running for the final if if you could have met that level of attendance. It's it, over it eighty thousand, and you, yeah, it's eighty, and you just can't quite get there in terms of seats in the soccer configuration to get to eighty. So semifinal was as far as you could go, and. When you started to look at what the competition would look like, everybody said coming into today's announcement that Dallas was going to get the final. They didn't. They ended up getting a semifinal. They got the other one. New York got the final. L.A. was a a little bit of a wild card because there's issues with SoFi Stadium in terms of having the field wide enough and some other structural things that it frankly blows my mind that they did not build it with a World Cup in mind in that venue, but they didn't. And that's what cost them not just a final, but I think it's ultimately what cost them a semifinal as well. They did get the U.S. men's national team opening match, and they got another U.S. men's national team game in L.A. So that's pretty good for L.A. But Atlanta was right there in the running. I think they they beat out L.A. for a semifinal. They beat out many other great venues in, in this country that could have had a chance at a semifinal. And Atlanta's got it. And I think it's the quality of the venue. And I do think a really big factor is the fact that you have a roof and you have it climate mm-hmm. controlled. And you know when that game is scheduled to kick off at whether it's 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, our time, and it's on prime time in Europe, and there's a very good chance a European team would be in that, then you know that game's going to get played. You know it's not going to get delayed. You know you're not going to have weather issues. And that is going to be a factor in these kind of major events as we go forward, as you know, we're just seeing more volatile weather situations. Talking with Jason Longshore on the waitfor.com hotline. Jason, of course, Atlanta United analyst, and we'll get into uh, some Atlanta United talk in just a minute. Uh, but Jason, real quick, I wanted to ask, so obviously with the World Cup, uh, you know, playing on grass and that sort of thing, is that something where, you wouldn't expect that transition to happen until literally the World Cup shows up and they'll be putting grass down. Or do you could you see a situation where like Mercedes Benz, uh, you know, makes a transition? Maybe Atlanta United gets to play on some grass before that situation. It's going to be interesting, and and it's way above my pay grade in terms of <laughs> maintaining a grass field and <laughs> yeah. what that looks like. You know, I mean, I know it's it's more complicated than what we saw last summer for the Premier League games, for example, where you're putting down a temporary field. You, you can't do that for a month's time. You're going to have to have more stability. I know FIFA in the past has wanted these fields to be in place for six months. Okay. That's going to be difficult yeah. in, in the bins. You know, that's that's not logistically going to be easy to do. But that's why you have some of the you know big experts that are involved in what this process looks like. I do think there's a good chance that Atlanta United gets to play in the, the World Cup configuration, which would be on grass, because I think they're going to have to to be a test in a lot of ways for that venue and how it handles grass and how, you know, when you play a game and you have to do some upkeep afterwards, how you do it. So I'm fascinated by that aspect of it. It's way beyond what I know about how to create a, a great surface um, in an indoor venue, but you're going to have quite a few in this country that are going to have to go through that process ahead of the World Cup. Listen, Jason, we'll we'll go, we'll call a few people, we'll get some grass growing out at the the Home Depot backyard. 
We'll find yeah. whoever the tart people are that roll it up at Braves games and, you know, just roll the thing up and, and open a door and just, you know, slide it through, right? That is simple as that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That'll work. Maybe Talk- for a game. Maybe yeah. not. Talking with Jason Longshore on the waitfor.com hotline. Jason, I want to get into some Atlanta United talk. Is yesterday a uh, another friendly, another preseason match for Atlanta United. Uh, different venue. Oh, am I correct? Is this the first time that Atlanta United's played in Athens? Second time. Second time. Okay. So was was that last year? 22 played Georgia Revolution in a preseason friendly okay. up there. Um, I think it was 2022. Okay. I was just like... Uh, I know I, I saw like sold out and that sort of thing, just like atmosphere um, for Atlanta United as they've played in a f- couple of different venues here in the state. Obviously, the Benz uh, over there at uh, uh, Fifth Third Bank Stadium uh, and then, you know, to kind of go up the road and and just bring, you know, Atlanta United to a, a different scene. Thought it was really cool uh, to go up there in Athens. What What was that atmosphere like? It was amazing, and that's going back to kind of the, the effect the World Cup can have regionally. I think that's something Atlanta United has has done a really good job of, and you know I think our Atlanta teams in general are somewhat regional. You know, I mean we can go sure. way back and talk about the Braves and the Superstation and and all of that, and yeah, they were America's team. I think Atlanta United pre Charlotte, pre Nashville, and for some me even since it's a regional team and you get people who come to these games on a regular basis and make that drive back and forth Athens. It's a much easier drive, but it was so cool yesterday in that venue, which is a small intimate venue, about 1700 people for it to be as loud as it was as passionate as it was for a preseason game. But the coolest thing for me is we did a a post-game event downtown at, at creature comforts and walking through downtown when I got there, around noontime to set up the equipment and seeing Atlanta United jerseys walking through downtown Athens and then pulling back up after the game for the event, there are people everywhere in Atlanta United gear in Athens who had went to the game and, and were coming to the event and were excited about the five stripes being in town. I would love to see, and it's not easy in every place to do it, but I would love to see preseason games in other Georgia markets to take the team to really meet the fans face-to-face in their hometowns. Be amazing. 100% agree with that. Uh, when it comes to the match itself, I uh, saw, you know, quick goal from from Memphis. Um, it feels like, and, and I don't, I want to be careful not to get caught up in, you know, something that happens a couple of times over the course of a season. It feels like it happens more often. Uh, but those quick goals, whether it's, you know, three minutes, five minutes, eight minutes into a match. Uh, is there something that kind of carries across the board into why those situations kind of unfold the way they do and, and how Memphis was able to score so quickly? I think in terms of preseason right now is you had some players in that team like Barto Slish who has had just a handful of training sessions yeah. with his teammates. So. When you get into the team defending side of things, you've got to know what the guys around you are going to do as much as you make your decisions on what you're going to do. And he doesn't know that yet. He hasn't played with these guys. He hasn't been in these situations. So it's good that you're dealing with it now. It's good that, honestly, it's really good for the game. And I thought it was really good for the day that that happened because Atlanta United had to deal with some adversity in preseason because they want to win these games. They want to get results in these games. It is about the way you play, and that's the more important element. But the result 
they're making it matter in preseason. So it added urgency to the game. I think it added some bite to the game. You saw tackles flying in. You saw 30 fouls between the two teams. It was a good match. And you don't always get that in preseason. Sometimes early goals, if Atlanta scores early there, could be deflating to the opposition. Getting it the other way, I think it's one of those games that will end up really being helpful as you get into the regular season. I mentioned Slish. I thought he looked good but rusty. you got to get him games with these guys. I think he's going to play some in the, the two games coming up down in Florida. I thought Noah Cobb played really well in the first 45 at center back. And the second group, the academy players, the second team players, really stepped up, and you got a great goal from Jamal TRA to get a, a late, late equalizer. A lot of good things out of that game. Wish you'd had a couple more goals in it. Wish you hadn't given up a goal early, but lots of good work that was done on Saturday. Jason, one last thing I want to ask you real quick before we uh, let you go. Uh, the the uh, European market transfer window, not market, closed this week. Uh, no sale of Tiago Almada. What do you know about kind of the, the latest with that situation uh, and do you expect, I guess, you know, with Atlanta deciding to keep him, uh, that Tiago is, is kind of, you know, comfortable, I, I guess, with that sort of thing after maybe expecting uh, to be on the move? I think maybe it was hoping a little bit to be on the move. And the offers didn't ever really seem to materialize. And I, I think we've talked about it before. You had a lot of moving parts in this window for teams in Europe. The, the midseason window is tough to predict because teams will suddenly pop up in the, the market if they have an injury, for example, or if their yeah. season isn't going very well and they, they've got to turn things around. You also see teams pop up in the market, and that was the, the rumor about Atletico Madrid. If they make a sale, then they, they've got the money to spend. They didn't make the sale that would have given them the budget to bring in a Tiago Almada. Fiorentina in Italy was another club that was mentioned, but they're not typically in that level of market to spend the money that it's going to take to get a Tiago Almada. So right now he's with Argentina's U23s, trying to get them into the Olympics this summer. Um, he's captaining that team. He's wearing the number 10 shirt for Argentina. That means a lot. Yeah. He's doing a good job leading that team right now. I think that's his focus. When that's done, he'll be back in Atlanta. He's going to have a lot to not prove to, to show that he's capable of that move to Europe. But now I think it's really to that point of the summer window. That's where more sales get done. That's where you want to impress in this first half and have a big first half to get a big offer in the summer. That is Jason Longshore, our Atlanta United analyst and uh, also host of Atlanta soccer tonight. You'll be on the air tomorrow night, correct? Uh, Tuesday night, Tuesday, Tuesday night, 10 o'clock. Tuesday night, 10 o'clock. Thank you, uh, thank you, Jason, for joining the show. Appreciate it. All right, when we come back, one final segment here on the Dopey Millennial Show, a uh, way that we always like to wrap up with news you can lose, as well as handing out a participation trophy. Coming up next, right here on Sports Radio 989 The Game and the Odyssey app. It's the weekend. It's the weekend. And more from the Dopey Millennials show is on. As a millennial, I'm part of the most advanced crop of humans that our species has ever seen. From Sports Radio 92.9, The Game.
Sports Radio, 99 The Game, and the Odyssey app. One final segment of the Dopey Millennial Show. Caleb Johnson here with you. have enjoyed the last four hours. And uh, as always, I actually want to give a shout out to Jason Longshore, who joined us last segment, uh, dealt with all of the weird, wonky phone line stuff that was happening over the course of the show. Uh, it prevented me a little bit from, from getting to talk to you guys today. We got into some some Hawks discourse about what the what the Hawks should do with five days until the trade deadline. Would that come in on Friday? What are the Hawks going to do? What moves do they make, especially after a week where, um, you know, they won games, won big games. Lakers, Suns, Warriors. You know, I'll throw the Raptors in there, even though they're not a good team. Um, but that was a, a win nonetheless, a good stretch of games. Clippers coming to town. On Monday, uh, they're going to be coming off a back-to-back because they, they played tonight. And so that's one of those, who knows if we get Kawhi, who knew? Who knows if we get Paul George. Uh, but the wild thing is, if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard don't play in this game, you know, there's still, oh, just James Harden, Russell Westbrook, like as far as star names yeah. in the league – wild what yeah. the Clippers have going on in there. And they're playing really well. They're, uh, like, third in the West right now. That's the thing that's most impressive is, like, especially with the start that they got off to at the beginning of the season where everyone was just like, oh, man, the Clippers look completely lost and done. They mm-hmm. panicked in the trade for James Harden and all that stuff. And, like, it's coming together. The thing, I've always been a big believer in the Clippers. The thing with the Clippers was always, can they be healthy in the postseason? That's really the yep. only thing because I – I believe in the team from a standpoint of just performance. I think that they can compete with top tier, especially in the Western Conference. Um, but it's just been, will Kawhi Leonard play in this, po- <laughs> this yeah. series or not? And or usually like, the answer is no. And usually the answer is no. And then like, oh, if Paul George is, or if Kawhi Leonard is there, Paul George is out. So we'll see. Yeah, no, it's 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 going to be interesting. Um, I hope they're available, though, because that, that'll be fun. I honestly, I'm just trying to remember... Because I think Kawhi and Paul, either one or the other or both, mm-hmm. have just been out whenever they yeah. come it's, to Atlanta. It's it's it never fails. It's very rare that both of them are on the floor <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Um, also interesting too, because uh, the the whole injury thing made me think of the the sixty five game rule for awards, which then made me think, you know. While we were doing the show, the announcement came out from, uh, or the report, I, I should say, from Adrian Wojnarowski that Joel Embiid is going to have some type of procedure this week. Adrian Wojnarowski is putting it out there, and I think Shams was kind of toying with the idea the other day of they're not saying that Joel Embiid's season is over, and that blows my mind because from just you know, doctor perspectives that I've seen on social media, like actual guys who are, are, are you know, sports physicians who do this stuff. Uh, I was seeing them point out the terminology that was being used actually didn't make sense. Like it was just gibberish almost because <laughs> okay. they were saying, you know, essentially that his meniscus, excuse yeah, I think it's his meniscus, yeah, had meniscus. like, slid off and they were trying to figure out and it, I forgot the words that they used exactly but this doctor um who once again is an actual sports physician was saying the words that they're using means he has a meniscus tear and they just won't say 
that he has a meniscus tear. And so I'm thinking any procedure that you could do to fix that and you think you're coming back in a month, month and a half to be competitive enough to be a part of the postseason seems very risky for a guy who has dealt with a lot of injuries, especially to his legs in the past. So I'm I'm very curious to see how this all unfolds. But with it being one final segment in our show, let's get right into news you can lose. Taking a look at non-sports related news with news you can lose on the Dopey Millennial Show. All right, I wanted to start off with uh, what's going to happen tomorrow is a very exciting start to a very exciting week for a lot of people. Uh, it's the start of Radio Row and Media Week for the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl getting ready to take place next week out in Vegas as the uh, San Francisco 49ers will take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I am not nearly as excited for that game as what I was truly hoping for. Literally the opposite. I wanted Lions and I wanted Ravens just because not only wanting some something new, uh, but I just honestly, I, I thought like America got behind those two teams in a different way that just doesn't necessarily happen. Like people like the Chiefs, people like Pat, you know Patrick Mahomes, and obviously Travis Kelsey, and all of the uh, the, the stuff that's gone on with uh, you know the attention around Taylor Swift and all that sort of stuff. Look, I'm a dopey millennial. I am all in on the uh, the love of, of Taylor Swift. I'm not the biggest fan of her music, just like personally or whatever. Um, but I am all in for like the hype and everything. And uh, Colin Coward actually. Uh, this past week, like, went on a pretty funny rant, and it was actually it was really intelligent, the, the process that he went about getting the actual amount of time that she spent on television, and it wasn't nearly as long as, like, people thought. It was, you know, we're talking, like, 30 seconds, 45 seconds um, per game um, that they're featuring someone, and this is over the course of a, you know, three-and-a-half-hour television show. Um, but, you know, it's a really exciting start to – a the the week and yet something really surprising is about to take place tomorrow that is the uh the yearly meeting press conference i should say that nfl commissioner roger goodell does now every year he meets with the media they ask questions he answers them um, this has been something that used to back in the day has been reported by multiple people um, happened on Friday. With the game on Sunday, everybody was in town on Friday. Everybody attended uh, the commissioner's press conference to ask questions, big questions that are on a lot of people's minds uh, based on the season. Now, a few years back, that event got moved to Wednesday. And so, okay, a little bit more difficult for people. Uh, you know, not everybody's coming around to spend an entire week in your city. But, you know, Wednesday, maybe some people will, will come in and, and we'll make it happen. Well, this year, Roger, uh, Roger Goodell's commissioner press conference is going to take place on Monday. The lowest attended day, obviously, for media because people aren't just coming into town just to hang out necessarily. Maybe they will for Vegas, but unlikely otherwise. And the other part of this 
the commissioner has made tomorrow's event invitation only. This is not something that as a credentialed media member, you would just have access to like credential media members will have for literally every other event that will take place over the course of the week. There's obviously, you know, media night um, where all the players are made available, everything like that. The commissioner has decided first day of the week for Super Bowl week, invitation only event for him to speak with the media. Uh, now, Mike Floria of uh, Pro Football Talk put out a big article because uh, he wasn't selected. Like, he wasn't a part of the media that was invited to attend this event. And Florio obviously pointing out, you know, what a lot of us know has is, is been happening uh, is the last couple of years, Jim Trotter, who used to work for the NFL, would get up and be like, hey, Diversity when it comes to your league, when it comes to uh, you know the commissioner's office and and the league, how you know from from top down, you talk a big game, you aren't really backing it up though, Raj, and you know Roger would dance around and that sort of thing, and then oh you know Jim Trotter's contract didn't get picked up with NFL media, he ends up going over the athletic, but then this year. Uh, Invitation only for Roger Goodell's uh, commissioner press conference, which I, I just think that is getting to a point of, I know up in Washington with the Wizards, they have their the main media company that covers the Wizards is owned by the owner of the Wizards. So it's very like, don't see, say anything out of turn or I'll cut you. Um, this feels very much like that, where it's like, I'm only going to invite people who are going to ask me very warm, fuzzy questions and not cause any controversy uh, when this is, you know, one of the yearly events. The only thing that, that I really talk with media uh, that often, once a year, has now been turned into an invite-only thing and uh, limited press availability and probably will be a bunch of fluff and like, hey, look how good the league looks. And uh, who knows, maybe he'll get asked about Taylor Swift. And so everyone can uh, have a full conniption fit about it. But uh, all right, uh, I'm running out of time here. So before we get out of here, let's hand out a participation trophy. Well, at least you tried. This is a participation trophy on the Dopey Millennial Show. All right, I'm giving out my participation trophy week uh, this week to someone who is very deserving uh, because today has been a very exciting day in the city of Atlanta as the World Cup is going to have eight games here in the city as well, uh, and that includes a semifinal match. Very big deal. Uh, a big part of that is Dan Corso, president of the Atlanta Sports Council. Council, excuse me. Uh, and so my participation trophy goes to Dan Corso. There's a lot of details that, that go into the uh, Mayor Dickens, obviously Andre Dickens involved with that as well. The whole crew, everybody involved in, in making this happen for the World Cup to not only come to Atlanta, but to get a semifinal match is a very big deal. And participation trophies to you all because you're very deserving of it. And uh, it's going to be an exciting time in just a couple of years. I, I It's, it's going to come just like that. Like This is going to be so quick. And uh, we'll be hosting a World Cup and get to see all the excitement that comes with that. But that has been it. 
from my time here on the Dopey Millennial Show. Shout out to producer Dom Trotsky on the other side of the glass. Been doing a great job over the course of this four-hour show. And uh, until next time, I know it won't be next Sunday because you'll all be listening to the Super Bowl here on 92.9 The Game. And uh, until I talk to you next, probably Sports Flashes this week, I'm Caleb Johnson right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.